bitches bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Erica. And there's no Erin. <laughs> da, da, da. Aw, we miss her so much. We do. But this actually uh, is our misogynist of the week podcast. And Erin's uh, uh, very thoughtful suggestion for this week's misogynist. So um, I'm sure she regrets not being here to have some words. But on uh, this historic day of Missouri Republican Governor Eric Wrighton's resignation, we are calling him our misogynist of the week. So if you haven't been following, there has been a really interesting ongoing saga with uh, the Missouri governor. Uh, He is 44 years old, young first-term governor who swept into office in January 2017. He was considered a political outsider. He has a background as a Navy SEAL. He toured Afghanistan and Iraq, which I guess is impressive to some people, um, and is a Rhodes Scholar. Um, He is a married father of two, has great on-the-books credentials. Of course, then he showed up uh, in St. Louis and was not quite well-received there. Um, Sort of, uh, again, being an outsider, people, I think, were, you know, it's being spun that people were out to get him. His problems began pretty early this year, back in January, when a St. Louis television station broadcast an audio recording and it obtained from the former husband of a woman who had had an affair with Greitens in 2015, before he became the governor. The woman's former husband had secretly recorded her discussing the sexual encounters and making an explosive accusation that he had taken an explicit photo of her without her permission and threatened to make it public if she had told anyone about him. How did I miss this story? It's bananas. (laughs) So in January, he admitted to this extramarital affair in a statement he made alongside his wife, Sheena, wherein he described the situation as a deeply personal mistake. And the statement says, Eric took responsibility and we dealt with this together, honestly and privately. But in the months that followed, the scandal only got bigger even miss, even as Mr. Greitens tried to get past it, he was announcing tax cuts, he was a, a, announcing funding for biodiesels, which I guess are a thing. And regardless, people, like, the story kept escalating. He didn't resign, he, he stayed, and he stayed on. And in February, prosecutors, in fact, charged him with invasion of privacy, a felony in Missouri, because of the photograph. So here's what they found out after they subpoenaed the woman in the photograph. She's actually his ex-hairdresser. And she testified under oath before a state legislative committee uh, investigating the governor. She said that she went to Mr. Greitens' home on an, inv- on an invitation one morning where he suggested that they work out together. Then he blindfolded her, taped her hands to uh, pull up ri- uh, hands to pull up rings, began kissing her, then he tore off her shirt, pulled down her pants, and took a picture on her, of her on his cell phone and uh, had told her she told anyone he would reveal the photo, um, which is only damning to him, so I don't really understand the thinking there, but really fucked up stuff. Um, again, despite all this, in February coming out uh, through this legislative committee investigation, still 
dude refuses to resign and then questions start coming up about a charity list that he had that he used during his campaign and questions about fraud so he was now facing a second unrelated felony charge last night he was accused of illegally obtaining a donor list from a charity he founded and using that money to raise money for his gubernatorial campaign. Mr. Uh, or sorry, the prosecutor, uh, circuit attorney in St. Louis, charged him with one count of tampering with computer data. Mr. Grayton's lawyer uh, called the charges absurd at the time. And shortly after, the governor then announced uh, he was going to resign. Uh, in fact, the state gave him a deal that they would uh, take, like, remove the charges if he resigned. A lot of people are saying the fact that he resigned shows that he was pretty afraid of what would have come out had they continued investigating that felony charge around the donor list. Um, and there were threats of impe impeachment as well from the state capitol from both chambers that were dominated by Republicans uh, who uh, clearly like had it out for him is what he's saying. It honestly, his impeachment or would have been a long time coming at that point. And many are saying he didn't do himself any favors. He should have resigned the first sign of scandal, knowing what he had been hiding all all along. Um, but all of which is to say, his res resignation became effective today, Friday, June first. Um, and yeah, a lot to unpack there. Oh my God. I know, right? It's that story has everything. I, I. No, but it's it's pretty disgusting. Like the fact that he didn't think that anything of any of those other things there. He knew that picture existed. He had, there was an audio recording, and he still felt like it was just an extramarital relationship that he tied this woman up and took this photo for. Honestly, it's tantamount to revenge porn. It is like it is point. like yeah. I mean I hate that expression, but essentially it's coercive yep. photo taken against her will. Frankly, it's a violent act, and she testified as much. And I don't know. Did don't, he blackmail her too? But or? but it, like that's the, that, that is was the, the idea. Right? That was the like, blackmail yeah. basically. I see. Okay. Essentially, yeah. like okay. that's how I understood it. Yeah. Okay. Um. But and then. On top of it, the irony is that's not even the thing that gets them ousted. It, it's this whole other fraud scandal. Yeah, it, 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 I, I think by the time this, um, this, uh, this, I, I don't even know what to call it. I think by that time, they were probably looking for other stuff too, I'm guessing. Well, it does sort of seem like people were looking for stuff from the beginning that he wasn't like well received. And so like, I don't want to give like stock to that narrative, but I think that's why people went looking for these things. It doesn't make him any less guilty of them or any less of a vile person. But I think like, but for him having enemies, he wouldn't have been protected to the degree that he, like he would have, he may have been protected in another context where people thought he was, like, you know, one of them. But even, like, the Republicans, right, like, didn't feel they owed him any loyalties. So he's a Republican. He's a Republican, yeah. So now, you know, whether they were out for him or not, the man, the man, it's not as though these charges aren't true. No, exactly. I am assuming. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it seems like they are the, um, it, I mean, they had an investigative committee, like, 
looking into it so it's not um and i'm gonna need a little bit more than he's just an outsider like i'm just gonna need a little bit more behind that for well, in terms of why they hate him is it that he wouldn't play ball i mean this is not the the point of the whole uh, deal I think but so a lot of people there's like you know, a lot of the summary I got from uh, a few New York a New York Times profiles on him and updates on the scandals. There's been a lot of co- good coverage there, um, kind of giving you the background because there's a whole other side of this we haven't even touched on. Where essentially the prosecutors botched this whole case and like, you know, didn't like didn't do enough in enough time and like lost opportunities to like bring certain charges and didn't charge for certain things. And like mm. now they've made him this like pretty cushy deal to be like, resign or we investigate you. You're like, or we charge you. And it's like, just charge him. Like he's going to get impeached. Why would you trade a resignation for the charge? So it well, seems like I, they're covering up some, some irregularities in the process. They're covering up something. But yeah, um, no, I think Republicans felt like, cause he had no political career before this kind of thing. But he, on and, paper, he's a perfect Republican. Right. But he wasn't, I think, drafted by like the right people. And there may have been someone who was like waiting in line or who, whatever, mm. who felt entitled people. Also, the other thing about him was that he was trotting from state to state. Like he spent a lot of time outside of Missouri mm. and people are speculating that he's got his eyes on the white house and this is just a stepping stone, and he doesn't really care about being governor. And so I think there's, like, that sort of, like, thing as well. Like, who is this, like, ambitious, like, you know, um, like, sneak in the night, like, shows up here, thinks he can, like, take over this town when people have been, like, led in the ledge for, like, God knows how long and feel uh, that, you know, someone needs to kiss the ring in order to be there. Like, that, mm-hmm. that there's a, like, you know, there is that part of it as well. But, I mean... This is exact. Is this not? Did you watch The Good Wife? Yeah. Is this? Not, oh my gosh, Chris Noth and is this and, not yeah, exactly yeah. the premise of yeah. The Good Wife? Yeah. But he is like, I mean, a little bit different because he was like sleeping with sex workers, which whatever had its whole other like kind of skin. But wasn't he like thing. the anointed one though? He was. He was more like. But then the other part of it was eventually he was found out he, for all sorts of other yeah. like real like real like I mean like act, like fraud that related to his political activity not stuff that was like and I mean in his case his sex was consensual so that was different but yeah. I mean it really feels like comically like the good like, wife like the good wife in my opinion and all, oh my god this whole like joint statement with your wife like that like I mean I shouldn't say that poor woman maybe she's happy with the arrangement and maybe she knew or whatever but that always makes me feel kind of uneasy but maybe she's I, a badass Alicia Florrick we don't know I Sheena what's your deal what's going on Sheena Sheena's a prophet at U- University of Missouri oh well that's cool yeah um, East Asia security democracy and dictatorship so she maybe she will run one day Maybe she will good right. wife, maybe she'll be better than him. Maybe she'll right. good wife the shit out of that. Well, situation. actually, I wonder if if she has... Because in... Like, we're talking about Missouri. Sure. And Missouri... Tell me about Missouri. My guess, I'm guessing, <laughs> is like a small town type of idea. Like a, a... Where it's small enough where all the power players know each other. Sure, I can... I, yeah. I mean, yeah. And... If she, I guess, 
gave up and I, I, I use this in quotes, air yeah. quotes, on her husband, it she might it might not look good. No, for sure. I think it's really sad that, that we still live in that world. Though. Girl, I don't even know why women are supposed to endure this type of humiliation. Ugh. We're talking about her ass, okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? On such a large yeah. scale yeah. to stand by your man. Fuck him. Yeah. 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 But that like this is this is why I'm not a politician. I'm just saying, like this, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This is, this story is just blowing my mind right yeah. now. Yeah. Roseanne blew my mind. Pusha it's T blew my mind. Week. Yeah, there were a lot of people tweeting me like, oh, I'm really glad ABC canceled Grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's. For Roseanne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's, um. It's just like, I'm, yeah, it's nuts that, I mean, I guess if we, one way to look at it, in the post-Me Too era, as we all like to preface our statements. Are we post-Me Too? Or are, are we? Who the fuck knows? We're in the it, middle of it. I feel like we're still in the middle we're of it. We're definitely in the middle of it, and we ought to be. We're not posted. We haven't figured any shit out. We're still outing people. We don't even know what it means to hold them accountable yet. Like, I don't think we're for jailing them. Because I'm, I'm... Except you know, Weinstein. Pretty, well, yeah, because that's pretty egregious. But, like, yeah. but for the most egregious cases and pretty and poor Cosby, abolitionism. Yeah. So, like, you know, I don't think everybody deserves to automatically be fired unless they're in a position of, like, absolute, like, empower. Like, this guy definitely does not. Someone who makes revenge porn pictures and blackmails women and, like, you know, ties them up against their will and... Like, also commits fraud and wins the election based on fraudulent lists of, like, donors. <laughs> Definitely doesn't deserve to be governor. I think oh that's a fair God. conclusion. But, you know, I don't think Joe Schmo should be automatically fired for every instance of, like, gray area sexual harassment. I agree. But, but, all oh, which, oh, but oh, we oh, don't oh. know what... Oh, oh, but that... Thank you okay. for saying that because I think that... I think that that's a good point, that there is a spectrum. Yeah, there's a spectrum of this behavior. We don't know what that is. We don't know what accountability means on either end of the spectrum. We're in the middle. And we don't know how to have conversations. We, have, we haven't yet figured out how to have the conversations with people that we know in our own life to hold them accountable. You know, some of us are still looking the other way and, you know, keeping uh, keeping lively friendships with people we know have done dubious things instead of sitting down with them and saying what are you doing to rectify this thing because I remember that time that you did this person wrong and mm -hmm. what are you going to do about it or looking at ourselves and saying I remember one time that I didn't you know that I mistreated this person or I didn't seek consent or that I like exploited a situation or that I harassed someone in this way how, well, you know, and like, we're so, yeah, we're not post Me Too, but all which is to say, like, even in the Me Too era, in mm -hmm. the midst of the Me Too era, mm -hmm. someone with a scandal like this that, like, comes out still doesn't feel like he has an obligation to resign or even, like, come up with a better response. <laughs> that is... Male exceptionalism? Like, male entitlement? It's so entitled. Yeah. 
And, you know, this is a guy, Navy SEAL, Rhodes Scholar. He checks off every fucking yeah. box. Yeah. And the height of privilege. The height of privilege. And which is why I asked the question, why would the Republicans, like, not love this guy, yeah, right? Yeah. He's got war. He's mm-hmm. got family. He's got, what's the other one? Um, he's got well, sexual violence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, but I think you bring up something very interesting in that... Um, a lot of times when I talk to people about Me Too, just random people, you know, you always get the due process, which we've already mm-hmm. covered. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, because we are so stuck in this due process type of mm-hmm. conversation or context, we don't actually go beyond that and say, okay, what does accountability look like? In all of the of the pieces that I've seen where women are like, let's not blame the boys. There has never, they have never taken it to the point where they create a framework of what accountability looks like. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. haven't even gotten there yet. I hope we do, Mm -hmm. but I'm starting to wonder if we will. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it's tough because it's not a one like I don't think it's one size fits all. No, I think it's, it's not like a dynamic thing. I think it depends on the circumstance. I think it depends on what survivors want to some degree. Some survivors obviously are like, uh, I hope that person dies. Um, but is that you know we obviously are not going to reinstitute the death penalty. But you know, is how do we even have that conversations with survivors as well about like how do we help you move on. Um, in a meaningful way. Um, I was at the Slut or Nut screening mm-hmm. of uh, Mandy Gray's documentary right. the other day and, and spoke on a panel and like there was no consensus. Like we're all still grappling with this. We talked about accountability. And in, and in her case where, um, you know, she was, um, a, she's a survivor of, uh, of a rape that happened on campus with someone who is also a, a staff, a TA at the university who was on the executive of, the union who had, you know, some like, considerable clout mm-hmm. um, and pursued him through a criminal justice process. Mm. Um, he still he th- he still believes to this day that she raped him. That's his that's his narrative that she like took advantage of his drunken state, which is like not. I mean, I, God help you if you like buy buy that defense. But he, you know. I know that he even calls it rape, but he, he essentially says, you know, she came on to him, whatever else. Um, if you get the chance, there'll be other screenings of Slut or Not. You can mm-hmm. see it. The documentary is absolutely, um, like, beautifully done, um, really complex. Here's the thing. I think that even broader than that is that we don't seem to hold people in power accountable Mm -hmm. for anything Mm -hmm. like we ourselves are feeding into that culture where they don't have to be accountable Mm -hmm. they're shielded um the media is complicit in that um so when when these things happen when anything from harassment to assault to um to rape to you know confinement even because mm-hmm. what i see in this geitner case is i i geitner greitner oh fuck him um <laughs> what i see in this case is like like i'm like well did he hold her there because yeah. that's forcible confinement like so many no, of no, these layers of they have forcible yeah, confinement sure. and and i'm just like um 
where, when are we going to hold people in power in general accountable? Mm-hmm. We have no accountability metrics, and especially in Canada, because yeah. Canada's small, and the elites have their, you know, little, you know, gated community or whatever, and they don't seem, nobody seems to say, hey, what the fuck? And you have to answer for A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. And um, I I find that, and I'm noticing that more and more. Well, it's shocking that in this instance, like someone, like taking it back to someone in that high of a position of power, and like yeah. the other situations are more like everyday sexual harassment, how do we hold people accountable? But in case of someone who is the fucking governor, it's nuts that they get to trade their job, which they earned only because they were elected, and in his case, probably fraudulently so, it's like the punishment is we take that job away, which he isn't even entitled to. He doesn't have a job security. He's a fucking elected official. We could take that job security away anytime. And then doesn't get charged. Like, he's above the law or some shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. meanwhile, you know, first-time grandma offender of, like, you know, for, like, drug possession, it's getting, like, life. you know, life in prison. It's disgusting. That that part is really gross. I just and and like to some degree, you're right. We do that here, and it's like I know some people like yeah, roll their eyes and we talk about like state officials who commit, you know, like wars abroad that are violate international law or whatever else, and say that they but that's be part in of prison. the entitlement. But like honestly, yeah. they should be in prison. Like that's going the around culture. like mass murdering people outside of the confines of the law. Like yeah, George Bush should be fucking in jail. Well, on that note, <laughs> I took it a whole other way. Hey, man, you're not going to get I'm, if you think I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> like, like, no, honestly, it's not about disagreeing, but it's, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's not all part of it. Like, it they is make, all part they of make it. the laws. They're like their their power, like, you know, is like manifested in so many different ways. And when it comes to something that's so obvious, as in this case, they're like, you know, prosecutors who have everything done for them. They've got a tape. They've got the picture. They've got, like, the main witness to the situation. They've got her husband. They've got, like, all these people. Right, like, a case is done on that count. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They've got a whole case probably, like, ready to go. They could get them on the donor list bullshit, too. they got two felonies. And they're like, yeah, you know what? We're, gonna, we're not going to get a conviction We'll get our conviction rates from the poors and the, you know, racialized people, but uh, we don't need this conviction. It's fine. Like, but, but you know what else is the danger of that? Is that these guys will reinvent themselves 10 years later. Oh, for sure. And, they'll have a comeback tour. And, and they'll have their comeback tour, and then a, a new, a younger setter or, or a different demographic of voters will hold them up to be somebody. And will free, and that past will be buried, except for those the intrepid rad, ones. Yeah, the, the, the radicals like us who, like, yeah. twenty years from now, like remember. Yeah, yeah, we kept those receipts. Him and George Bush yeah, should be yeah, arrested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't. Like, no, there's it, a lot of criminal activity at the fucking time. I mean, it's, it's so tied, it's, it's no surprising it's tied, that they use that for sure, and it's tied to, to white collar crime too. Yeah. I mean, it's all part yeah. of that. Those people will make deals, and they will get like they will, you know, they will see their they will not ever see a courtroom because I, they I can think, leverage their way out of it. I think that's 
a piece of the puzzle too. Yeah. Is that people in, as you talk about white collar crime, people who have enough clout will never, ever be accountable for any of their actions. And it's so, to me, it's not surprising that one of their actions has to do with the domination of a, of a woman through sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, of it's all part of the whole, that sense of, yeah. yeah, being above yeah. the law. Exactly. And, and, yeah, I mean, power man fucking fucks you up. All right. On that note. <laughs> well, that's been uh, it for Misogynist of the Week. You can follow us on the regular at Bad and Bitchy on Twitter. We are also on Facebook at Bad and B Podcast. And on Instagram at Bad and Bitchy Pod. You can shoot us an email if you have any questions and comments. You want to share some things for our advice column. We're at Bad and B Pod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we're also always looking for other suggestions for misogynists of the week. If there's uh, someone that you would like us to call out, name and shame, and just shit talk for 20 minutes, we'd love to hear it. And uh, that's it. Bye. Bye. My bitch is bad and bullshit.